Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Az's team selection ahead of game week 10. I'm Az, on my own, uh, as you probably know. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Uh, we thought it was going to be a good game week from a football perspective, and it was. We thought it would be a good game week from an FPL perspective, and for a lot of people it was um, as well. Uh, so hopefully you all got good green arrows if you're watching this, but if you didn't, don't worry, loads of game weeks. Uh, left to go. Um, so on this series, I kind of just talk through how my team is performing. Um, so on this series, I kind of just talk through how my team is performing, sort of for the last game week. Uh, have a look at my watch list and which players I'm considering bringing in, um, or at least looking at um, in kind of short to medium term. Uh, and then I'll look at my team and how it's set up ahead of uh, game week 10 and chat through some of the options. Normally, I do this video after Black Box. So you probably heard me rant a load of times about different things already on there and then I'm just kind of always repeating myself sometimes um hopefully it's not like that hopefully I'm, I'm trying to go into a bit more detail about stuff uh, rather than just repeating um, this is a bit different so I haven't had the the full sort of preamble with Mark going into this video um but yeah do check out Black Box um tonight where I'll be uh talking with Mark about lots of you know kind of in-depth stats and, and stuff like that um over on youtube.com forward slash Black Box uh, okay let's start with how my game week nine went and would you believe it, I had a good week. Uh, finally, it's only taken, you know, nine weeks to finally feel like I'm, I'm kind of rising up. Um, I went from 2.8 million up to 1.2 million. I got 105 points. Uh, my only negative was I played Henderson with one over Ward. And I was really 50-50 on that. Uh, in the end, I, I decided to hedge my bets um, on that game. It's cost me seven points and kind of decisions like that are really frustrating and annoying, but you know, you kind of just have to kind of roll with them. Uh, I went for Trent, James and Trippier. Uh, so no point in defence uh, apart from Trippier who came in with seven. It's been a bit of a theme this season. I think a lot of us are still holding on to quite pricey, you know, defenders, you know, Cancelo, James and Trent are all really popular. Um, and then if you've got Pope or, or Edison or someone and these kind of teams all conceded um, at the weekend. So, you know, we all thought Big at the Back was going to be here to stay. But really, it does look like investing in your midfield and forwards um, is the way to go. And some of the stats I'm going to show on the watch list kind of support that too. Uh, but Trippier, just an outstanding option, you know, just keeps delivering, uh, you know, for a team to win that heavily and for him not to have any attacking returns, but still get bonus points. I think just shows that, you know, when, when Newcastle keep a clean sheet, he's always going to be right up there. And then he's got the set pieces as well. He's got the open play crosses. He's just an absolutely phenomenal option. So if you haven't got him, you really do need to be making um, strides to, to get him. Um, I had Foden, Foden with 19. I mean, that is that is incredible. I was not expecting 
uh, a hat trick uh, from Phil Foden. I mean, he's been doing all right. He got the goal against Wolves in game week eight. Uh, he got the game against Bo- goal against Bournemouth in game week two, and like kind of a couple of assists. Um, but he's kind of really broken into that team now and playing on the right. Grealish was fantastic. He's got Haaland. That kind of partnership with him and Haaland, the link-up, um, is working really well. Uh, so he's got five goals and three assists already this season. I'm expecting him to comfortably beat his best ever season in 2020-21 when he got nine goals uh, and eight assists. So he should you know, easily do that. He should be getting more minutes as well. Pep said that he's, his recovery is excellent. Um, and, you know, last year he was kind of playing in that false nine role, which maybe wasn't the best role for him. We thought he might be best playing in that kind of central position, maybe a David Silva midfield type role. The false nine was interesting. Um, I mean, he can play anywhere, but I think on the right, he's he's, he's most devastating. So he'll be keeping Mahrez out of the team for the foreseeable, I think. Um, not too much of a competition. And even if Mahrez does come in, he'll play play on the left um, anyway. So absolute key part for City. And I think I think now the standout option at, at 8 million despite that blank coming up. Uh, talk about 8 million mid, Madison, um, only just off, off Foden with 18. Huge haul for him. Another really, really good performance um, from him and actually a much improved performance from Leicester, uh, generally speaking. Um, that's five goals and two assists for Madison now um, this season. He's massively overperforming on his on his XG. Um, but when you see his free kicks and his delivery and his, his kind of the, just the, the positions he's taking up, um, again, he, he's an absolutely fantastic option, I think, going forward. And Leicester have just unbelievable fixtures um, as well. So really happy I, I got him in um, last week. Uh, he's you know, delivered really highly against Forest, a really important game from for Brendan Rodgers. You know, and with Bournemouth next and then Crystal Palace and then Leeds and Wolves, you've got to hope that, that Leicester's fortunes are going to turn around and he's going to continue to do well and get on that plane to Qatar. I mean, it'd be absolutely ridiculous if he doesn't. The fact that we're struggling as England to create... Too many opportunities. I think Madison absolutely has to go um, on, on that plane. And you know, of all the players, you know, you know, you've got Bowen, you've got uh, Trent, you've got Madison, you've got all these guys, Tony, all vying for a start um, for a spot on the plane. I think Madison is is the one that I think has, has got to break into that side, despite not even being in the squad uh, for the last game. So yeah, interesting to see how he how he kicks on till. And no, until the mid-November, and then the World Cup uh, starts. Uh, Martinelli with four. I was really impressed with Arsenal against Spurs. I was really impressed with Martinelli. Um, Arsenal played like they did against United, really, when they lost. The difference was this time they managed to convert some of their chances. Martinelli was just excellent down that left-hand side. I mean, any worries about him being kind of rotated and out of the team, uh, you know, they're just dispelled. I mean, you've got um, Smith-Rowe injured now. Uh, he's played 90 minutes in all but two games now, Martinelli, uh, where he's been subbed off at 77 and 74. So no rest uh, really for him so far. Just key, absolute key for the Arsenal side. 46.6% owned. The um, the FPL returns haven't really been there massively. But I sense that he could, he could come up with a really big haul. He'll get a couple of goals in one game. Um, I think it could be Leeds in game week 11. It could be Southampton in game week 13. It could be Forest in game week 14. Uh, you know, there's three really good games kind of on the horizon for him. So I was saying last week, if you if you wildcard, he's probably a player that I wouldn't go with. And I kind of stand by that for then. But I think now if you've got him, you don't look to sell him. Liverpool, Liverpool Arsenal has goals in it. And the way Liverpool defending... And then it's, you know, two really good fixtures in three if you can navigate the blanks. So Martinelli's a, a keep. Uh, Pascal Gross, ah, he's, yeah, bittersweet. I mean, <laughs> Brighton's performance uh, against Liverpool was just incredible. Um, obviously, all the headlines went to, to Trossard for, for his hat-trick, uh, and deservedly so. Uh, frustrating for Gross. He was subbed at kind of 60 minutes. Watched the highlights back. He was up there again. He was playing advanced. Um, he was kind of in and around the penalty area. 
uh, box. There's a couple of times when the ball could have fallen to him, but fell to other players um, as well. So I wasn't watching that and thinking, oh, this is a guy who's going to be completely, you know, different role, different tactics. He's not going to be the option. I think he will still continue to be a good option at 5-5. The problem is with so many midfielders now doing well, you know, Bowen coming into the four um, with Trossard, his own teammate, uh, with Zaha, who I haven't got. There's lots of players I'm looking at. And I think Gross might be someone who potentially leaves my team sort of fairly quickly. Um, but, you know, I don't think he's a he's a necessarily a hard sell um, if you've got him. But I think with the kind of options around, um, there might be better better players to, to go for. Now that big at the back isn't really a thing. You don't really need to keep that kind of 5.5, 6 million uh, mid-spot when it looks pretty essential kind of start of the season. Uh, up front, Haaland, I mean, what else can you say? 14 goals, quickest player to get three hat-tricks. Uh, in eight games, I think Michael Owen was the quickest before that in about 40 games, 43 games, something like that. Uh, you know, there's just no words for him. He's he's just, he, he's undefendable. You know, there's there's no team in, in the league that's going to be able to, to to defend against him. He's he's too strong. He's too quick. The crossing's too good from, from players like Cancelo and De Bruyne. Um, they can, you've got players like Grealish, you can beat three players and lay the ball off to him. He's always in the box, always in the right areas. He can win headers. You know, it's just... just yeah, what else you need to say? He's he's perma captain, I think now, absolutely cemented, uh, except for in the blank <laughs> in, in game week twelve. Um, other than that, it's going to be really hard to kind of go go without him. Uh, came with six. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too impressed watching Spurs at the moment. They're not getting the ball up the pitch quick enough. They're not uh, creating loads of chances. Kane is dropping deep again. We're seeing him clear the ball in the penalty area. We're seeing him, you know, spray passes around and then not get into the box. It's, he's a really, really frustrating player to own. I know he's, you know, one of, if not the best striker in world football. Um, but from a purely FPL-wise, he really does frustrate me when I watch him have games like he did against Arsenal. Um, it's a great penalty. Uh, he's not really scoring from open play. Um, at the moment, and yeah, and Spurs just are, are struggling a bit to, to really create chances. So he's he's no he's okay. I'm not too worried about him, but I want to see a bit more from from him and, and Spurs. Uh, that that second premium spot, you know, with Salah there with De Bruyne, um, you know, with Son. There's other players I like the look of. So he needs to keep delivering, especially when there's good strikers and around. So we'll get, we'll see how he goes in the next in the next couple of games. Uh, Brighton next than Everton, so good good opportunity from there. Uh, Mitrovic with, with zero. I mean, no one was expecting that. I think we all expected him to play, and he did. I think we all expected him to score, and he didn't. Another game where he doesn't score against Newcastle, but he did go off against 30 minutes, and they did have a red card. So probably not too fair to, to judge him too harshly. Uh, we don't know what his injury status is, or at least we don't at the time of this recording. Um, you know, there's, there's strike options I'm going to talk about in a bit uh, if we need to move off him, if he's out for a prolonged period. But if he's out for one or two weeks, he's probably a fairly easy hold for a few people, providing you can you know, got the bench to, to kind of keep him. Um, so, yeah, I was to put any more than a week um, and you probably want to ditch him because of that blank in, in 12. So, yeah, um, interesting one. Uh, I want to keep him if he's fit, but if he's not, obviously he has to go. Uh, this is the watch list uh, updated. I've also added in the top um, non-penalty expected goal involvement per 90 players across the three different positions just to give a bit of context around these guys and, you know, how the others are doing in kind of compare, comparison to them even if I kind of own them. Um, so non-penalty extra per 90 is essentially how um, how how often these, these players are creating um, or, or likely to get some kind of attacking return um, in the game. So obviously if they have a XG, uh, XGI per 90 of 1, that means they're expected to get you something every game, essentially. And the only player currently doing that is Erling Haaland uh, with 1.15. Um, any kind of player who's around the 0.6, 0.7, 
mark. That is what I look at and think, okay, this is a really, really strong performance. Because you've got to think these players are better than the average, right? And that's what the XG is. It's the average um, you know, quality of chance of that team. How you ex- and if you'd expect them to score from that chance. So, you know, players like Wilson, like Jesus, you know, these are kind of elite um, elite forwards in the Premier League and you'd expect them to, to overperform. Um, so let's come down to the forwards kind of straight away. If we, if we have a look at someone like Wilson um, and Jesus, they're there with 0.85. So again, these players, when they play, are almost likely to get you something kind of every game that they start. Uh, Martial, 0.77. He hasn't had too many opportunities um, in the league yet due to his injury, um, but it was a great performance when he came off the bench against City. I believe he's playing tonight in the Europa League and I think he's almost certainly going to come into that into that United side quickly uh, Sancho has been really disappointing they'll move Rashford over to the wings and Martial will take that lone forward spot so he's someone to really monitor um, I think when United's fixtures get a bit better uh, then you go down to Tony I mean 0.47 I mean that's fine he has got penalties in his locker um, as well just like Martial has we're not sure about, about Jesus uh, but it was, you know, a disappointing blank, I think, for Brentford against Bournemouth. They are capable of doing this. Again, Tony will drop deep and frustrate. And I know a lot of people are really hot on them, but I think if you take that hat-trick out, I think people are going to be a little bit, have been a little bit disappointed with Tony, especially after those few weeks. So he's not really someone that I'm sort of looking to get. I don't think he'd be my ideal uh, Mitrovic replacement. I think I would probably go for a Wilson or find the money for a Jesus um, if I had to. Or maybe I'd even drop down to a Danny Welbeck uh, playing at Brighton. Uh, he's got the lowest non-penalty XG of all the players on this kind of chart, 0.38. Uh, and But it was a great performance. Absolutely great performance for him. He had two headers saved by Allison. Should have done better with both those chances and could have had a big haul in that match. So Welbeck is someone who is going to frustrate people, um, I think. I think Trossard is the better option. Um, but if we, you know, if you're looking at, at moving Mitrovic down to a striker and you haven't got any money to go up uh, to someone else, then it might have to be someone like Welbeck or Solanke that you go for. And I think Welbeck is, is better, than, better than him. Um, looking at midfield, I haven't actually added any new players to the watch list. I'm still monitoring the likes of Saka, of Anthony, of Diaz, of Bowen. Um, these guys are all performing, you know, kind of a 0.45, not putting XGI um, or lower. Bowen the lowest with 0.26, but there's a big a rise in, in what he was doing before. I think it was about 0.07, something like that. So the stats really didn't see that haul coming, basically. So we've got to hope that Bowen's now kind of going on to, to better things. Uh, Sinistera was disappointing. Obviously got the red cards. Leeds were disappointing. Discipline was, was shocking. Um, he's someone who's probably now, I was really excited about, but he's now kind of on the back burner um, a little bit. And I think Trossard at 6.7, uh, a non-pointy XG up at 90 of 0.54. That's the highest it's ever been for him um, in the league. It's just below Sterling, for example, at 0.55. Just scored a hat-trick. He's going to be absolute key man against Deserby. Uh, it's Spurs next, but then it's Brentford and then it's Forest. Good run of games for him. I think if you've got that kind of 6.7 million or 7 million, I think Trossard is an absolute outstanding option. The other probably looking at, of course, is Zaha, um, whose non-pointy is 0.45. But I think it's very close between them, given uh, Crystal Palace's fixtures and the fact that Zaha's on pens as well. You won't get those from, from Trossard. I just to give that a bit of context. De Bruyne um, is the highest on Penny XG up in 90 midfielder with 0.84. Really high, highest I think it's ever been for him uh, too. So all the others are kind of playing catch up a bit to, to, to De Bruyne. But I think for 6.7, you know, a player playing in a ridiculously attacking Brighton team, um, it seems, uh, you know, with a non-pin XGI per 90 of 0.54, stretching back to when he was even playing at wing back under Potter. Really, really good uh, underlying stats for him. Uh, defence is really disappointing, though. Um, you know, I think last year we had some really attacking defenders, all with high non-pin XGI per 90s, all in the 0.5 mark for the likes of Cancelo, Trent, 
James, you know, we haven't got any players anywhere near that. The highest is Perisic, 0.35. James is next with 0.31. I think Trent's somewhere around 0.3 or something like that. Uh, and then it just drops off massively in the players I'm looking at. You know, an Arsenal defender, Zinchenko potentially, 0.16. Diego Dallo, a lot of people are interested in him. United's fixtures are really tough. 0.15, and they're capable, you know, of, of conceding goals, especially when if Varane is injured um, as well. And look at Cancelo right down there, 0.1. I mean, he's, he costs 7.2 million. The stats don't paint the picture that he's going to be getting any attacking returns anytime soon. Um, obviously, his quality and his class, and the fact that he could, you know, bomb up the wing at any point and put in a delicious cross. Um, you know, is in his favour. But if you're a stats man like I am, um, I still am. The jury's out whether 7.2 million is worth it uh, for Cancelo. The saving grace with Cancelo in that City side is the rotation with the centre backs now. Akanji, Diaz, Laporte, Stones, Ake. You know, five centre backs there. Uh, Walker injured. Um, you know, uh, there as well. So we're not really too sure who's going to line up and Cancelo gives you that kind of easy route um, into the defence. But maybe it's Edison who, who is the one that that you know, is, is standing out at the moment, um, potentially. But if you've got Cancelo, easy hold. But I'm not sure if I was well caught in bringing him in. Uh, the last player, player I brought in is Justin. Um, you know, annoyed I didn't play Ward, obviously, uh, in the last game. I think I, don't, I wouldn't want to double up on the Leicester defence. But the Leicester underlying numbers haven't been too bad, uh, given that they've conceded the most goals in the league. A lot of that has has come from sort of poor goalkeeping from Ward. So if he's kind of got his act together a little bit, um, I do think, you know, Leicester could improve defensively. They've got great fixtures uh, to come, like I mentioned, Bournemouth Palace, Leeds, Wolves, uh, Everton in 15 as well. Got to think there's some clean sheets there. Justin is, is playing for a place on the in the England squad um, as well. I think he's a great player. Uh, you've got Castagna there at 4.4 as well. Neither doing much on the attacking um, potential, 0.07 uh, for Justin. Castagna not much better either. Uh, but, you know, just, just due to how much I rate Justin and how much I think 4.3 uh, could be brilliant value for someone like him. You know, if someone was willing to, if someone needed to, to free up some money from their premium defence, for example, I think 4.3 is, is, a, is, a, is a bargain price uh, for him. So how am I set up for game week 10? This is my team at the moment. Uh, it's Ward in goal, got the decision to make. Ward or Henderson. Henderson with Villa at home, Ward with Bournemouth away. Uh, I'm leaning towards playing Ward because Bournemouth are really struggling um, attacking wise um, and Leicester have now sort of kept that clean sheet and Forrest are just, were just absolutely awful in that game so leaning towards Ward um, but it could shift over to, to Henderson uh, it's Trent James Diaz uh, Trippier Foden Madison Martinelli Harlan captain obviously Kane uh, and Mitrovic uh, and then on my bench I've got Gross uh, Pereira and Emerson so I've got a few issues here I mean I've got uh, Mitrovic who's, who's obviously yellow flagged um, I've got Diaz uh, who unfortunately is uh, wasn't in the team against Southampton. We can see if he if he lines up tonight. I don't really know what to do with him if he does. I don't really know if he doesn't. I don't know what he's kind of sport is. Kanji's been so good, which I wasn't really expecting. So hard to know exactly what to what to do with him. Um, I've got Mitrovic as well, which means you know if both those players don't play, I don't mind Gross coming in for one. But then if I'm going down to a Pereira, that's a bit of a concern. So I think I need to move or make a move. Uh, this week um, if Mitrovic is fit then, then I could probably hold if he's not then I think it's probably going to be a points hit for me uh, with Diaz moving on upgrading Groves to a Trossard potentially um, and then and then a 4.3 or a 4.4 million defender maybe Justin like I mentioned um, or Mitrovic to, to Wilson potentially but then again I'd need to free up some money um, from Diaz to do that so maybe a hit for me if, if Mitrovic is out um, but that's Diaz yeah I think if you've, if you've got him I think he's he's probably someone that you need to be looking at and you know I can use this as an excuse to get off four at the back um, and, and move to a, to more in midfield uh, for example 
Not much to say about Trent and James. I mean, Trent has, has, has been disappointing. He did score a goal in the Champions League last night. There's going to be goals in this Arsenal game. I'm not expecting a clean sheet from him. Hoping that he can he can get some sort of offensive returns. Again, he's probably not someone that I'd consider if I was wildcarding this week. Uh, but he doesn't really feel like a huge priority to get rid of when I've got other issues kind of in the side. If I didn't have any other issues in the side, he might even be someone that I'd be looking to get rid of. Um, potentially for Cancelo. Although he has got the blank. Um, or, or maybe move that money down. So... Interesting one. I think if you've got no issues, he might be someone that you look to, to get rid of. Uh, James, uh, I'm, I think you know he's got a great chance of a clean sheet against Wolves. They're really struggling, sat the manager, um, all these things. We still are struggling to see how how Chelsea are going to do under Potter, um, but we know he's going to play on the right wing, uh, essentially. And I think the returns are coming, so yeah, not not too worried about him. Uh, nothing to say about Trippier, home to Brentford, great fixture. I'm expecting a clean sheet um, and probably some attacking returns as well. Uh, Foden, um, great return from him. He was orange, now he's green. I'll probably be keeping him for the foreseeable, maybe just riding out that that game week twelve or swapping him for Diaz, maybe, and then bringing him, bringing him, looking to bring him back um, pretty soon. Uh, really happy with him. I think you know, if you're if, for people who've got De Bruyne, I think you you keep him, but there's a lot of money you know between them, four million. Uh, nearly and from game week 13 it's Brighton, Leicester, Fulham, Brentford, Leeds, Everton, and I'm going to want two C attackers uh, for that. So we'll probably just keep Foden. Um, and, and ride it out. Uh, Madison is there as well. Not he's not going anywhere. Great fixtures, great form, perfect player. If you haven't got him, I think again this is someone you probably want to be making moves um, to try and get. Uh, and now I've got Martinelli as well. Um, I think there's goals in this game for for Arsenal, uh, so he's going nowhere and probably will stay in my team um, through the blank as well. So I just need to make sure that bench uh, it can can cope with it. At the moment, it's not looking amazing. Uh, Pereira is going to be a lot weakened if Mitrovic is out. Emerson hasn't been starting, for example, so I might need to make a couple of moves just to make sure I get a team out so I can keep some of these players. Um, yeah, essentially. Uh, forwards, I mean, unsurprisingly, Haaland. No, nope, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Kane, yeah, I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's got the game in, in 12. Uh, okay, it's United away, but, you know, it's not not a terrible fixture. Um, he's got the game against Everton in 11. Uh, Newcastle and Bournemouth in 13-14. The fixtures are okay. Probably not someone I'm, I'm going to be desperately looking to get rid of unless I start seeing some blanks from him. But at the moment, he's ticking over and, yeah, he'll probably do. Uh, and then Mitrovic. I mean, Mitrovic isn't someone I thought would be going anywhere um, for, the, for the foreseeable future, but we'll see kind of what happens with him. Like I said, top of my list would be either moving him down and bringing in Trossard um, or Zaha or bringing in Wilson. Any of those would require a hit. So I'll have to be wait to see what I've, what um, what the news is. Uh, coming from the Fulham camp, got one free transfer, 0.2 million uh, in the bank. Could move him to Welbeck, but that doesn't seem something that I'd, I'd probably want to do. So it will probably be Trossard or Wilson uh, that comes in if Mitrovic is out. Uh, if Mitrovic is fine, I mean, I could move Diaz and Gross up to Trossard uh, or Zaha and then get in a kind of a, a cheaper defender. Um, I'd have enough money to do that. So my instincts are telling me there's probably a hit coming uh, this week. The good thing about getting rid of Diaz as well is it gets me gets me rid of a player. Uh, you know who's, who hasn't got that game in, in 12 and he's not starting anyway so I like to play this game and actually this team selection helps by always looking who is my weakest player um, in this side and my weakest player is, is Diaz I think just given that uncertainty around his, his minutes just before I go I just want to point out the football content awards uh, Fantasy Football Scout has been nominated for best in editorial I'm sure a lot of people who use the site and look, watch these videos and know about Scout know that Scout is the best editorial um, out there. I mean, the team we've got, you know, with Tom Friedman, with Neil, uh, with Mark, 
um, you know, of all the guys who, who write articles across the you know, fantasy football community and on site. The job they do is, is tireless. It's incredible. The team news stuff is amazing. Um, and it's really nice to be recognised um, kind of in, with that award. We won it for the last two years. We're going for the hat trick. Um, and the voting closes on Sunday. So we'd really appreciate your, your votes. There's a link in the description, um, but it's footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Uh, you can vote for Fantasy Football Scout and Editorial. And uh, Scout was represented as well in Creators by Black Blackbox. We're partnered with them. Obviously, Mark has got the ties uh, with Scout as he founded it. I work for the company um, as well. Uh, so again, if, you, if you're a fan of Black Box and would like to give us your vote as well, we'd, um, we'd really appreciate it. So anyway, thank you so much for watching, guys. I will see you again next week. Good luck in game week 10. Hopefully see you in Black Box tonight. And may your arrows be green. <laughs>